Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris, here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds good to you, make sure you go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. All of our new episodes drop there every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. You won't miss a single thing if you go over there, subscribe, and you know, rate and review if you if you like us because uh, hey, it's nice, helps us out. Uh, I'm at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville and A to Z Sports Nashville.com if you want to check out all the awesome stuff Zach writes. Unfortunately, Zach didn't get to write uh, much fun stuff. I, look, last week at the end of the show, we pleaded with Tennessee, don't make us have to have the, this discussion that we're about to have. Don't do it. Don't lose to Kentucky. Please, we begged them. Not only did they not listen, Tennessee got drilled, annihilated, embarrassed at home by Kentucky. I believe the the first loss at home in Neyland Stadium to Kentucky in, what, 34 years? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, Zach, what's up, man? I this sucks. I have way too much experience writing about negative things about Tennessee. It's it's unfortunate, but it's kind of you know been here, done that. Just another Saturday evening, Sunday morning of, of what went wrong, where to go from here. Feels like I've been writing this for the past seven years, and I pretty much have. It's a cottage industry in in Knoxville. Uh, to write bad stuff about Tennessee sports. <laughs> I've done it. You used still do it, um, at, you know, purely out of necessity. But it is, you can say, as as a couple of, of sports writers that we are, um, yeah, when bad stuff happens, you kind of go, wow, this sucks. Going to get page views, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't, I think people think yeah. that maybe you take joy in doing it. And I don't, I recognize, look, let's be honest. Like I recognize that when Tennessee loses, uh, engagement page views, all that stuff kind of goes up and that's good for business, I guess. But I I don't enjoy writing about negative stuff with Tennessee. I want to see them do well. And I, I much prefer writing this stuff. Like after, after the Missouri game where it's like, Hey, Tennessee's two and O they did what they're supposed to do. They're, they're on the upswing here. You won eight games in a row. I enjoy that. That That's fun to write about. You know, I, I love seeing – the Tennessee fan base is so great. It, it's – I think it's the best fan base in college sports, even though it can be toxic at times when stuff like this happens. But seeing that fan base energized is so much fun. It's it, it just the joy that they experience and, and kind of feed off of each other. I love seeing it. And – None of that today. No, I, I mean Tennessee's fan base is a is a sleeping giant. At least as it pertains to football, I guess basketball. You've been at playing at the highest level in the last few years, but like with football, we like Vol Twitter, as it is known, will rip you apart when Tennessee isn't that good. <laughs> So it's it is really really fun when Tennessee does great things to be able to interact in that community. On the exact flip side, it, yes, like like we said, you get the views and whatever when things go poorly, but you know, people are just at each other's necks. Nobody's happy. You don't you don't want to do that. But we look, that that's beside the point. Let's talk about this actual game. And, and the the, com- the primary conversation to me, before we get to the grades for the players, and we'll, we'll break down the grades, give you a quick preview of the Alabama game, and then I got a, a question at the end that we'll discuss that I put up on Twitter with some pretty interesting results. Um, how much blame 
do you put on Jeremy Pruitt? And, and not necessarily, I, I think you can, you can really put all the blame on Jeremy Pruitt. It's his team. He's a CEO. But where, where do you put him at this point in his time at Tennessee? Is this, are we on the brink of disaster? Is this a one-off like, oops, I didn't mean to. We'll get it back on track. Where are we at, Zach? I don't think I don't think we're on the brink of disaster with Tennessee. Not yet, because you haven't seen the signs of there's no toxic culture like we saw at the end of Butch Jones' tenure. The team is pretty unified. They're bought into Pruitt, they believe. Um, I worry about recruiting and all that. But as far as the current team, I don't think it's the brink of disaster. But I don't think this is a one off oops moment either. I mean, you've had you've got Georgia State and BYU last year. You lose to Kentucky at home. Like, you just can't keep saying, oh, oops, that shouldn't happen. I mean, look, that's the reality of college football. And Tennessee's nowhere near a Georgia or Alabama level where that stuff just doesn't really happen anymore. Um, well, with Georgia, I guess it did last year at South Carolina. But, you know, Tennessee should should have won those games. You you lose one, it happens. I get it. Teams get upset. That's, that's part of sports. But it keeps happening, and it is a concern. It is... I mean, I do think it's a red flag, and I've got to the point where I'm not ready to be giving up on Pruitt, mostly because I think he's a good coach. Plus, where does, where would Tennessee go from here? I mean, you think coaching search number five since Fulmer is going to yield a different result than what we've seen in the past 12 years? I think that would be wishful thinking. But I'm not, not as convinced anymore that Pruitt is a can't-miss coach that's going to lead Tennessee to greatness. I'm, I'm just kind of like in wait-and-see mode at this point. Yeah, there's a a lot of kind of gray area here. I think there's a whole set of people right now that just want to go, Pruitt's done, get him out of here, let's find somebody else already. Here we go again. And then I think there's another set of people that want to really hold on to hope and be like, no, I think he's still good. It's just Jared Garantano. And I, I really lay somewhere in the middle. This could be the beginning of the end. Sure. Um Losing to Kentucky by 30 at home, or however much it was, close to 30. 27, close enough. Yeah, in year three. That's it's bad. Completely, it's completely unacceptable. It's atrocious. It is a horrible, horrible, horrible sign when you look at the history of Tennessee football. Every, I believe, did... No, Fulmer never lost to Kentucky. But Dooley lost to Kentucky, fired. Butch lost to Kentucky, fired. Um, I mean, one kind of follows the other and let's be honest here. <laughs> Kentucky's not good. Kentucky's not a good football team. They're not, they're not bad. No, Tennessee has way more talent, way yeah, more talent. Yeah. There's no, there's no excuse for this. There's no nothing. There, there's, there's nothing that you could tell me that would make me feel even remotely decent about what I saw yesterday. And you, that would make me even feel like a single iota of an emotion that's like, Okay, fine. No, 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 no. Nothing about that is even fine. Like, it it was bad in a way that's hard for me to really wrap my mind around because as bad as things have been at Tennessee, a loss like this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. That's the craziest part. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen, and it has gotten so bad at Tennessee. I mean, 2017 is the worst thing I've probably ever seen. And with that as the as the garbage can... You know, the bottom of the barrel. This is down there. Like, it is around that area. That's what we're talking about right now. I kind of, I, I feel like I need to wait and see what unfolds from here before I can go quite that far. Because this Tennessee team did beat South Carolina on the road. And they did beat Missouri. Yeah. That's, but, the, that's the gray area for me. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's why I, I'm, not, I'm not really on, on either side right now. Because I go, this is one of the darkest days. Tennessee has seen even in this horrible stretch that they've gone through at the same time you whipped Missouri you beat South Carolina who just beat Auburn like I'm not sure exactly how to feel yeah I don't either and because we saw last year that Tennessee can go on this kind of streak from here I mean I don't think it's going to start next week against Alabama obviously but they could still end up beating Auburn and Texas A&M and who knows by the end of the season maybe Maybe they've made a quarterback change. Hopefully, they've made a quarterback change. And uh, hopefully, it's Harrison Bailey, and he's finding his groove, and he leads Tennessee to a win against Florida. They finish 6-4, and four, and 
every you know all is forgiven type deal but i'm not sure that that's gonna happen i mean they could easily go four and six it's kind of like that spot we were in last year tennessee's capable of turning this around they're capable of getting worse too though yeah that it's that's why I kind of say you could be on the brink of disaster right here because you're talking realistically the only game for the rest of the season that Tennessee will be favored in the Vandy game. And that's very daunting. Um, A&M is improving, looking good. They beat Florida. They won yesterday. Uh, Auburn looks like they're about on par with Tennessee, <laughs> I would say. But that's that's a to- at, at best, that's a toss-up. Um, so... You got to get it figured out. You got to get it figured out fast. And this is all it—it it is all on Pruitt's shoulders. Um, I mean, this is his team. This is his project. He's responsible. If it's if it's Chris Winkie, get rid of Chris Winkie. If it's Will Will Friend, you know the the offensive line has been a problem the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know if I'm at the point of getting rid of Will Friend, but that offensive line has to get better. Uh, you, you know, if that's what it takes. Do everything that you can because, like, like you said a few minutes ago, you don't want to hit the reset button again. Don't, don't make us do that. Don't make us do that. That would be such a disaster for Tennessee. As much as Tennessee fans can be so bloodthirsty for a coaching search, uh-uh, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea at all. No, I think Tennessee fans have got to understand at this point that the coaching search, the only reason that you fire a coach and you kind of feel you feel this hope with a coaching search because something new's coming in and there's that hope that they can turn things around. And at this point, why should we believe that anybody Tennessee hires is going to fare any better? I mean, if Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt right now or this year, Urban Meyer is the name that would be out there. Yeah, right. Urban Meyer, I just I can't see coming to Tennessee. I why would he? He's going to have whatever option he wants and why go there? They, they haven't done anything in 12 years type deal. But, I mean, that I can see how it would go. You'd chase Urban Meyer this whole time. Fans would look for all the Gruden-like signs, and then you end up with a less than exciting hire, and you're back in the same spot that you are now with Pruitt. At least Pruitt is a like a football guy. He understands football. He knows He knows what it takes to be successful. I think he's still figuring out how to be a head coach, and I think that's reasonable. Um, you have guys like Nick Saban, all these other great coaches that really had a lot of time to learn and develop in the great coaches. I mean, Nick Saban had six and six years at Michigan State. You know, Pruitt didn't walk into a situation like Kirby Smart did with a talented team where he can just kind of roll with what's there. It is kind of a Dabo Sweeney at Clemson type situation where I think maybe it's going to take four or five years to really get where he needs to be. Uh, I would agree, and that's as rosy as I can put it right now, Yeah, is that Pruitt is still figuring it out. I I will say, go ahead and get it figured out. Hurry up. Come on. Uh, you know, time's running out because you are in year three, and I would say – I, you know, there, there's almost no chance that he's going to get fired, even if things go completely south for the rest of this season. Uh, I, I don't think there's really much of a chance that he'll get fired this year, just especially with it being a weird year and all SEC year. Um, you know, just diff, just all of the when you factor it all in, I, I don't think there's any chance of a coach at Tennessee getting fired this year. Um, but get it figured out. Come on. You, you know, it's year three. You're there's only so much time that you can be uh, allotted before we kind of say, that's ah, probably not ever going to work out. It's, I mean, it's sort of the, the Jared Garantano situation at year five. It's not going to happen. <laughs> if it hasn't happened by now, it's not going to happen. And we're going to have to figure out when that point is with, with Jeremy Pruitt. And I hope that he, he gets it figured out. I hope he doesn't pull the Jared Garantano. I hope he does get it figured out. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but, his his decision making so far this season, specifically around Jared Garantano, has not instilled tons of confidence in me yet. So let's let's just go ahead and and get to that. The player grades. Uh, let's start with the quarterback. I mean, it's it's F. It's the effiest F that could ever F. I it could honestly. I don't see 
really how it could get much worse. Two yeah. pick sixes. Shroud comes in, another interception. Just garbage. It's without a doubt the worst quarterback situation, I think, in the SEC at this point because you've got right. you've got experience. You have plenty of experience. You have a redshirt senior, a redshirt sophomore. You have a sophomore. None of them are SEC starting quarterbacks. They're barely backups, honestly. And it's all on the coaching staff. It's all – I blame Chris Winkie. I've never been a huge Chris Winkie fan. Um mostly because his time with the Rams and the NFL was so disastrous and the way that Jared Goff took off after Winky left was just very telling to me. And I know that's the NFL, but I just don't feel like Winky connects with college kids at all. I, I There's just, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not in the quarterback room. I don't know how they feel about him, but Something's not getting through because Jared Garantano is the exact same quarterback he was three years ago. He hasn't changed one bit. He has not got better. The same issues that plugged him in 2017 and 2018 are the same issues he's dealing with now. And they're, if anything, he's getting worse, it seems like. Yeah, if, if there's any piece on this coaching staff where I would say Pru would be very well advised to replace him probably before the end of the season. I, I mean, I would say let – Put put that on Cheney's back. Be like Cheney, you're you're the, the quarterbacks coach now. Um, basically, just throw it on him and and get Winky out of the, the building. And and that's that is to say, I mean, we we haven't even been able to go to practice this year, so it's hard to say exactly what those interactions look like. But we've seen him in the past. Exactly what you're alluding to. He doesn't have a history that's great. Um, and you got to shake things up. And. I, like that's the first place that I look. I, I think that's if you're talking staff changes, that's numero uno, without a doubt. Um, yeah, J- Jarrett's not moving forward. JT Shroud. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you you couldn't you couldn't have written a more just like Tennessee disaster sequence. Two pick sixes in a row, then you finally oh the relief. Oh here comes JT Shroud. Oh. Thank goodness. Interception immediately. He throws for zero yards on one attempt. The one attempt is intercepted. I mean, come on. Come on. I almost wonder if Jeremy Pruitt in that moment felt vindicated. Like, yep, that's why Garantano's <laughs> out here. I hope not. But you would almost think so. Like, he's like, you would almost look around and be like, I've been trying to tell y'all this is the best we got. Okay. But at the same time, I, I look at Pruitt in this situation. And I go, why is this the best we have? Why? This is on you. This is on Pruitt at the, at the end of the day. Why? It it only it took Butch, uh, I guess, his his third season. He found Dobbs. It took Butch three years, but he found him. He found Dobbs. That's the best quarterback the last 10 years that Tennessee has had. And Butch, Butch Jones found him. Why can't you? I mean, Butch, Butch had, uh, what's his face as the quarterback's coach? Uh, his friend from North Texas. Uh, oh, uh, Mike Canales. Yeah, Mike Canales. <laughs> Freaking Chico. Chico Canales, yeah. and he had. I guess I, I think he was he was on the tail end. He wasn't with Dobbs for the majority. Well, he didn't even have a quarterbacks coach really for. Yeah, he didn't. yeah. That's true. and he didn't it was basically Nick Sheridan, the graduate assistant, was yeah. basically the quarterbacks coach there for a while. Ah, and I mean he he found Dobbs. Why can't you find a guy who is not gonna in his fifth year who's gonna make us give him an F grade? And and talk about what a disaster it is. This I, this is on Pruitt at, at this point. How do you not have a serviceable quarterback in year three? That's a total disaster. Yeah, but even will, with Shrout and Maurer, they're three star guys. Nobody's expecting them to go out and be Heisman Trophy winners. But they should be. You know, after two or three years, they have the talent to at least be capable quarterbacks in the SEC. And there's no sign of that at all. I mean, it's you look yeah. at every other program in the SEC. And they manage to find quarterbacks year after year that can just own Tennessee, but Tennessee can't do the same thing. It's it's very telling. Georgia is rolling with a fourth string walk on. I guess he's not a walk on anymore. He's a scholarship player at this point. But I mean, he was way down the depth chart, in the depths of the depth chart. And that kid is he's not great. He. Got rocked by Alabama last night, but like, come on, 
They figured that out. And this is what you got. Come on. What are we doing here with this quarterback situation? And then we, we can move on to, and, and we'll talk about the quarterback situation at the end of the show. Cause we're, we, we haven't even touched on Harrison Bailey and the, the podcast question that I have at the end of the show has to do with Harrison Bailey. So I'll save that discussion for the end. He, he made a pass. that was really nice. And it kind of, I, I want to dive into that a little bit, but we'll do it at the end. Um, Running backs. All things considered, they were the only thing that worked at all for Tennessee yesterday. The the one touchdown drive that Tennessee had totally dominated by the running backs. What uh, what grade would you give them? Yeah, I'm right there probably around a B plus. I mean, I don't feel like I can give anything an A from yesterday yeah. just because they were the, the only results. good part. I mean, yeah, Eric Gray, 128 yards. Ty Chandler averaged almost five yards a carry. Had the, had a nice touchdown run. They they look good. I mean, that's kind of what we've expected from them. Uh, despite some more subpar offensive line play, the the running backs were able to. Well, they were the offense, like you said. I mean, that was that was pretty much it. It was really, to me, the only bright spot of the day for Tennessee. Yeah, I I would I would agree. <laughs> I mean, kind of leave it there because that's. That's really the long and the short of it. I, I don't have much bad things to say about them. I mean, they found Eric Gray and Ty Chandler are a nice one-two punch. I, I, if if I want to just continue sort of this train of hitting, prove it on anything, he he seems like a guy that really wants a power back, and he hasn't found one yet. Although, and, and I kind of go like, if that's what you want, why have you not found one yet? But anyway, um, if you're going to not have that situation... I like this setup. Eric Eric Gray is so dynamic and just he's really good, especially just working behind that offensive line. Um and, and Ty Ch- Ty Chandler is is you know, right right up there. It's a really nice one two punch. So hey, great stuff. Uh for the receivers, I mean the quarterbacks were absolutely awful, so it's hard it's for almost, me to yeah, it's almost like an incomplete yeah. grade. I mean I you, it's really hard to grade them because what were they supposed to do? I mean, they 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 don't have anything to to really work with there. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, Larry Fitzgerald at one point in his career with the Cardinals had John Skelton and, and all these guys as his quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame receiver and he's he's not catching anything. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback, it's hard for a wide receiver to do much. And that was kind of the situation for Tennessee yesterday. I still like them. Uh, I think Brandon Johnson, Josh Palmer is, is a great one-two punch. Weidman had that nice catch that you were alluding to. They got Actually, talent. So they just just didn't have anything to work with. A little bit of a note here. Saw Jacob Warren get a catch. An actual tight end recruit that Tennessee had got a catch yesterday. <laughs> just fun. Kid out of Farragut, I believe, uh, here in Knoxville. But, um, yeah, it's that it is. They get an NA. They get a not applicable because the quarterback situation was just so bad. I, I do. I'll point this one out too. Malachi Weidman, the catch on the throw from Harrison Bailey. Man, he got up, made an awesome catch. I th- that's good to see. I like that from a freshman. Um, I, I think you're you're gonna have a good one in Weidman. Um, if you can get a guy who can get him the ball. But I digress. Uh. <laughs> Moving on to the offensive line. This one this one's tough. I mean they the running game looked good. At the same time, they got whipped at some points. Uh where where do you sit on the offensive line? I'm D plus, maybe C minus. The run blocking was pretty decent, but the pass blocking was atrocious. I mean, they got beat several times. Wanya Morris has not looked nearly as good as I thought he would. I mean, that's been – I don't understand he's a five-star guy. And it goes back to the Will Friend conversation. I'm not ready to fire the guy by any means, but they need to – something's not working that they're doing. They have plenty of talent up there. This isn't Butch Jones' 2013-2014 offensive line where you're just kind of throwing guys in there and don't really have much experience or talent. These guys have the talent to be dominant. It's all we talked about all offseason, and it's just been a disaster the last two games. And I don't understand it because they look pretty good the first two games of the year, and Kentucky is not Georgia, so we can't keep throwing out this is the best defensive line you're going to face all year. I don't get it. They they were moving – mountains against Missouri and then they've looked completely pedestrian and, and yeah 
some of the biggest anchors on this line are sophomores or new additions. And tri- like the one that's not any of that, Trey Smith, just I mean, he looks excellent. He's an NFL player. Um, so you do have the one incredibly reliable, great piece on the line. And that's cool. And you can just sort of always know that you can run behind Trey Smith. But one man does not an offensive line make. <laughs> and so, yeah, it has to get better. I, I don't. Yeah. Is it friend? I don't know. Is it chemistry? I don't know. What Whatever it is, get it figured out uh, because this offense so badly needs a foundation uh, to, to start with because it can't get the quarterback situation figured out. So the, the offensive line has to be good because the quarterback at worst has to just rely on handing the ball off. And they, as we said, they, they've been pretty good uh, on, on the run, except against Georgia. Um, but against everybody else, they've been pretty good with the run. But man, they got to get better in pass pro. It just, Oh, they got eaten alive at times yesterday, and that just can't happen. And Kentucky, you know, Kentucky's defense probably underrated. They're, yeah, they're Mark Stoops good. is a good defensive coach. I mean, he does he does yeah. usually have a pretty good defense out there. But Tennessee's been able to beat them before, and and they yeah they still have more talent. I mean, it, like on you know, I, I go back to the one touchdown drive that Tennessee had. Tennessee ran all over them. Like, they're not that good. Kentucky's not that good. There was no point during that Georgia game where you saw what you saw on that drive. You know, Georgia's another level. Kentucky is not on that level. You should have been able to produce much more against that defense, and they just didn't. And whatever's going on, get it fixed. That's We can go to the defensive side of the ball, defensive line. Uh, how how do you feel? I, I mean, I almost didn't pay attention to the defense in this because it was just so much about the offense. But the de- the defense looked looked pretty bad. It looked bad. How'd you feel? Yeah, I'm no more than a D for the defensive yeah. line. I mean, Kentucky ran the ball pretty easily. I, I think they had, I mean, they had nearly 200 rushing yards, 187 mm-hmm. rushing yards. I mean, that's, Kentucky's not that good. They, they shouldn't allow nearly 200 rushing yards to Kentucky. But I also think, again, this is where the offense is not helping the defense out at all. When you're turning the ball over, the defense is staying on the field. There's only so much you can do. The offense has to help you out a little bit here. I mean, that that's not the total blame here. The defense still should have played better, but they're not getting any help from the offense. No. That's that's why I almost give them like a li- just an ounce of grace. Is because. At the baseline, the offense is just, ugh, like giving no help at all to this defense. And then the defense goes out there and just has to hold as strong as they can. And they are serviceable. That, that's the level that I would put them at. If if Tennessee had a had a good offense, this defense is more than adequate to get the job done against almost every team in the SEC outside of your, your Alabamas and your Georgias. I mean, they're more than adequate. They're 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 slower than the elite teams. The I mean, you're just getting murdered over the middle, uh, and and like your linebackers and coverage, it's not there. But in general, like it's it's good enough, and just the offense puts them in such a tough spot that it's hard for me to to just want to drill them. But they they did. They they got run over yesterday and. Again, I, I would say I give them an ounce of grace because of this. You know, Kentucky's running that spread offense. You don't see that very much. It's the one team you see it with, really. Um, and so it's weird and not a normal thing that you see week in and week out in the SEC. Like that that's not a that's not an offense that Tennessee needs to be made to to uh defend against. But at the same time, they they didn't play well. Um I mean, we're we're kind of talking about the defense. I, we can almost skip all the defensive grades. I think we'll we'll feel about the same about every single position. It's like yeah. D ish, you know. I mean, I'm somewhere. there. Linebackers, kind of same issue as last week. Coverage isn't good. Um, Kentucky was able to convert third downs. I think they were five of six on third down. That's not a recipe for success. Defensive backs, they're not they're not forcing turnovers. They're not getting interceptions. You're not going to win many games if if you're not intercepting the ball at some point i know they didn't have Alante taylor but they're just they're not getting those turnovers that pruitt 
desperately wants and preaches about all the time. It's, it's just not happening. I mean, Terry Wilson threw 15 passes, but he was 12 of 15. At, at times, I mean, they they made it look like Kentucky had a good passing offense. Like Terry Wilson is like a wide receiver at playing quarterback. This that's that's bad, especially just how much they get slashed over the middle. I mean, where where is it at? This this is Pruitt's. That's Pruitt's unit. That's Pruitt's game. Yep. How is this not improving? Come on now, against Kentucky, Kentucky, you can't protect it over the middle, Kentucky. Come on now. That might be the most bothersome thing, and it's really getting overshadowed because the quarterback position has been so terrible. But over the middle, in the secondary, linebackers and defensive backs, that's what Pruitt has always coached, has been the worst defensive units, is at least in pass coverage, on the whole team. And th- he's really kind of getting a pass because Garantano's been so bad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, the... That element in particular, the the linebackers in, in coverage and then, you know, a decent amount with the DBs, uh, like that is getting looked past because of just how spectacularly bad the quarterback position is and yada yada. But I, yeah, we're not giving them a pass. It looks terrible. Get it fixed. Hey, Pruitt. <laughs> like Jeremy Pruitt's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, get it fixed, man. <laughs> but seriously, do. It's bad. It's very bad. Uh, so well, that's that's the bulk of the grades. I, you know, we could grade special teams. Um, didn't really do anything there either. Um, it was let's see. Valus Jones had three returns for seventy-one yards. I hey, he looks pretty good. That's something. Um, so like a C. There you go for your special teams. <laughs> that that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brent Brent Maglia kicked one extra point. And he made it. So congrats to them. Uh, well, let's we'll circle back around with the with the podcast question or the the Twitter question at the end. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back around to this game. We can give a quick preview. I, all of this talk really does lead into the preview of the Alabama game that we'll do here quickly. Um, I watched almost all of the Alabama Georgia game last night. Here is the thing. Alabama is going to annihilate Tennessee. I don't want to say it. I don't it makes me sick to my stomach cuz I'm I mean, we've all been tired of Alabama for 10 years now. Um they're so much better. They have an NFL offense. Their defense is not as bad as people thought because it turns out that Ole Miss's offense is ridiculously good, even though they lost yesterday to Arkansas, but nonetheless. Um, it's not going to be good next week. And I I don't even know what you can do. Here, Here's even the, the question that I would give you. Who starts a quarterback against Alabama? Where do you go? Is it, is it JG? That's the way Pruitt talked about it in the press conference last night. Like, he's just going to go back to the old well that's been killing his career. I could see offering Garantano up as kind of like a sacrifice for this game because I think <laughs> that Tennessee has a bye week after Alabama, right? Yes. I believe they're all for Halloween. Yeah, you're not – I have my thoughts uh, what, what Tennessee should do at quarterback the rest of the season – um, but for this week with Alabama, just like you said, they're going to get beat. They're going to get beat bad. Uh, yeah, Garantano, you've earned it. You've earned this uh, chance to take this beating from Alabama with, with what all you've, you've done over the last couple of years. I don't think he should necessarily get a reprieve from Alabama. Um, you're not going to win. Why, why trot Bailey out there? That is about how I feel. I, I guess in an ideal world, and as I said, we're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But my current feeling is, I, I mean, I want to see Bailey for, for the rest of the season. There's just, there's almost no point in playing Garantano anymore. You're out of the SEC use race. You're out of any real competition. Just, mm-hmm. you know, let's see what happens. But in this particular game, I would almost, you, you don't want to send Bailey out there to get murdered. Um, 
by the best team in America. Well, like Clemson looks pretty good by one of the top two teams in America. <laughs> and I, I, I would almost say you're going to be down by 40 at halftime, probably. Put Bailey in in the second half. You'll be playing against the, the second string in Alabama. And then take him into the bye week and let him work on becoming the starter in the bye week. To me, that's like the ideal situation. Yeah. I I just don't. I, I hate. I hate being this this doom and gloom about the Alabama game. What am I supposed to think? What oh yeah, I, there's no. What else yeah, can you what do? Am I, exactly. Like how how what other analysis? I I know there's going to be people that probably listen to this and go like, oh well maybe we. No. 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 Where are you pulling that positivity from? You lost by thirty to Kentucky. Where are you pulling that positivity from? Uh. Uh-uh. Like it was where. Who, who could think that at this point? I, I don't, I don't know. And, and I don't, I, I don't want to have to talk about it this way. But seriously, I mean, you're, you're going to be, you know, a cavern under the ground by halftime, probably. Get some reps for Bailey in, in there in an SEC stadium. And then take him, you have a full week off where apparently Pruitt has not been getting this kid in, in, it's from the sounds of it, as we've said, we haven't been able to go to practice, so we're not really sure exactly what's going on uh, outside of the promo videos that Tennessee puts out after practices. Um, apparently, he hasn't been getting like reps with the ones at all. It's just it's all been JG. He hasn't been getting like applicable practice until this. They had a JV scrimmage last weekend, I, or something. I don't know what that's all about. I say you use this bye week to to make him your starter to, to me that's that's the only path that makes sense uh right now and then that's that's just the way that it is with this Alabama game I wish I could give a different preview but here we are yeah I mean maybe they start JT Shrout and just let him throw six interceptions in the first half I don't <laughs> maybe. Know. that's the other yeah, option I, no I yeah I I could see Shrout yeah that's true that would throw a wrench into things a little bit I I mean, you just saw more potential from Bailey. Well, we haven't really even talked about the fact that Brian Maurer situation, and that's kind of a weird thing, too, where it looks like his departure is inevitable at this point. He's not really a factor in the quarterback battle or whatever you want to call it. There was that one report yesterday from another uh, media outlet that said he was transferring, which he immediately refuted. So I'm not sure what all is going on there pretty rough look for those guys that wrote that story um but yes uh yeah getting getting the player himself that are refuting your report uh but it's it's a weird weird situation i just the as you said the defense is hmm, for tennessee and alabama's offense is absolutely excellent i don't i don't know that mac jones like if, if you put mac jones with Tennessee's team, I don't think he's a great quarterback. He's, he would be better than Jared Garantano. I can say that for sure. Um, but I, I don't know that he's a great quarterback. But with the, all the seven-star players around him, with Najee Harris in the backfield, you, you got uh, Waddle on the wings. I mean, it's just ridiculous how how good their skill players are. And G- Georgia Georgia probably has the best defense in America, and, and they ripped up Georgia last night. Uh, <laughs> and so... Good luck to Tennessee's defense. I, I don't envy you. I, I feel bad for you um, because you know Tennessee's offense is not going to help you out on top of the fact that Alabama's offense is so good. And then they're, yeah, Alabama's defense is meh, but it's certainly not bad. It's not bad, uh, it, but it's not like one of Saban's classic, like murder you with a death grip around your throat kind of defenses. Um, and so that's, that's the preview. I, I guess I'll say, <laughs> what's your score prediction? Oh. We have to do this. It's the, look, it's the structure of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We have to we, do it. <laughs> we were both pretty, pretty far off Ooh. last week, obviously. Yeah. I, would I say had, so. uh, I had Tennessee winning 31 to 17. You finally missed on Tennessee's point total. <laughs> You had Tennessee winning twenty-eight to seventeen, nowhere close. Um, but I I feel like I'm gonna make this Alabama pick with confidence here, and this is disappointing because 
I've said for several years that we will know when Tennessee's back when the Tennessee-Alabama game is a toss-up game, when, pe- when mm-hmm. people are split on their picks. Nobody will be split on this. Um, I'm going to go Alabama 55, Tennessee 7. That's bad. I, I mean, I don't I think, think they've they ever were, got beat that bad. Yeah. I I mean, I'm right right there. I think Saban will he'll run it up to a point and he'll take his foot off the gas. He's not really a like showboat all over you guy. No, but they don't need their foot on the gas, really. They could no, they, they don't. They could put it in neutral and still store thirty points on Tennessee. In, unless Tennessee pulls off a miracle, and and I say this, Tennessee pulling off a miracle is not getting crushed. It's simply, I don't know, staying within twenty one points, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a that's like you. You pulled something out of nowhere, kind of thing for Tennessee. Um, in, unless there is that flip, yeah. I mean, I gotta go forty nine, forty nine, seven. Yeah, that's what I'll say. I'm just a little, a tad more optimistic. I'm a little more optimistic <laughs> than you, Zach. So much more optimism. <laughs> uh my God, I hate it. it it's, at the same time, I, I will say this. It was such Jekyll and Hyde yesterday. Because you did, like, you can't just totally forget. Just, and I, I said this on Twitter. When when Georgia went into the, the, the halftime yesterday, they were they were beating Alabama at halftime yesterday. I think it was like 24-21, something like that, at halftime. Yeah. And I just tweeted, how? How? In the world, on, on God's green earth here, how did Tennessee have a lead in Athens at halftime last week? How? How how did that team that lost by 30 to Kentucky have a lead at halftime? I mean, it is just Jekyll and Hyde. That's true. And, and I mean, that, you that started, half. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you started the season with 10 quarters of pretty good football, and the last six have been terrible. It really is the most bizarre thing. It is. I just something something flip like Georgia just broke broke the spirit of this team or something. I I don't know. I don't know because they seem so I mean, you had the Al Wilson video, players retweeting it. I mean, that just seemed like the energy was really up this week going into the Kentucky game. I know Kentucky with Mark Stoops is a well-coached team that that that's not going to lay down. Like it's not they're still Kentucky, but they're not the Kentucky of old. Like they're a well-coached team. It's never going to be a like playing Vanderbilt is kind of at this point, but you still expected Tennessee. I mean, I said in my score prediction, I expected them to win by fourteen points, and I don't know. Yeah, they look lifeless, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like whatever happened, whatever happened, it, it has happened, and that's that's the way that it is. And so, my assessment at this moment with the way that Tennessee is playing, where you had, I I believe, since that halftime. Uh, what six, six turnovers and seven points since that halftime. Six turnovers and seven points. I, it's a disaster. Um, so here we are, and and going off the back of that, we'll we'll finish with a little Twitter question that I put out last night. Um, I said if starting Jerry Garantano from now would get Tennessee a six and four record this year. And Harrison Bailey would get the balls a four and six record. Who would you start? Do you start the future now, or get a couple of extra wins with your fifth year senior? And the results on uh, as of right now, seven hundred and fifty two votes from the folks who follow me. Seventy seven percent said Harrison Bailey with a four and six record over Jarek Arantano with a six and four record. I mean, that's where the minds of Tennessee fans are at. They're, and it honestly, is this kind of where potentially, I don't know, this is complete speculation, where the mind of the team might be at, where they kind of go, it's it's time to move on from this guy. I mean, how, how do you not? How, how are you? Yeah, Trey Smith postured last night and he was like, I don't want to see slander of Jared Garantano. It's like, he has to say that sort of stuff. Okay. He's, yeah, he's like, he's the, the leader. leader of the team. He has to. Yeah. He has to say that stuff. But there has to be a sentiment on that team of just like, 
come on, man. I really, I think I I definitely agree with the yes votes because like you said earlier, Tennessee is not going to be a factor in the sec East this year that that ship has sailed. So you're really looking at 2021. This team has the talent to compete in 2021. I mean, they had the talent to be competitive in the, in the sec East this year. They're not better than Georgia or Florida. I, I don't expect, didn't expect them to win it this year. I expected better than what we've seen. But I think you have to start turning your attention to developing the team for 2021. Harrison Bailey has to be the guy next year. He And he's not going to be the guy if he doesn't get the reps this year. And I kind of, you know, we talked about using the bye week to, to wait on Bailey, but part of me wonders why not just throw him out there at Alabama. If he's going to be the guy, he has to be able to take a beating at Alabama and be mentally okay. If he's not yeah. mentally okay after that, he's not going to be the guy at Tennessee. I do think you run the risk, because I think this happened to some extent with Jared Cartano. You, you put him out there in his first few games, and he just got crushed. Yeah. And I think it hurt him going forward. Now he's had time enough to like move past that. He has a pretty decent offensive line, an offensive line that should better that should be better than it has been, but you know, it, the best offensive line that he's ever had in front of him and, and the, probably the best set of running backs that he's ever had, uh, you know, in the backfield with him. And he still has to move past that. You do run that risk a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you, if, if the kid can't handle that situation, you don't really want him being your quarterback at the same time. You say, well, he's an 18 year old and or 18 or 19, however old he might be. And, and it's okay to not be ready to play at Tuscaloosa at that point. Um, or, well, I guess it'll be in Neyland, but to, to play against just a total powerhouse like Alabama. But, well, to be, I mean, Josh Dobbs kind of was in that same situation, I guess, yeah. as a true freshman. And, mm-hmm. you know, Dobbs had that instinct, that mentality of, you know, 100% no matter what, nothing's going to get him down. And you hope that Bailey has that same trait. I mean, I could see you both do. sides, and it really is a tough spot to be in. Some some guys have it. Some guys just don't. Um I'm conflicted about that one. I mean, I kind of told you the the situation that if if Bailey's going to end up being the guy, the situation that would probably be ideal. Um, yeah, but beyond a shadow of a doubt, the rest of the year after the Alabama game, after the bye, it it has to be Bailey. I don't see there's any no other way. way. Like I I get the people like I get the people that would say, "Oh, Jerry gives you the best chance to win," and I always want to win. I, I get it. I get it. How much of a better chance to win does he give you, though? That's what you have to look at. Is it is it marginal? Because what you're talking about with Bailey is your guy of the future who's going to get you more wins in the future. Like, down, down the road, ideally, in a couple of years, he's the guy. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC, and he's winning you games. And you can start his journey right now. And, yeah, you might lose one game this year that you wouldn't have lost otherwise, but you got him far more prepared for next year. And you're going to have a guy that you can start immediately next season. I mean, it's what it's what Kirby did with Jake Fromm. It's what Dabo did with Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not saying, hey, I'm not saying Harrison Bailey's going to be either of those guys. We don't really know yet. I will say this. Yesterday when he came in, he made the best throw of the day. He made a throw that Jarek Arantano in my mind, really, he can't make um, to Malachi Weidman. Um, or if he has thrown that pass, it's extremely rare. Not on his, not on the very first drive of his career. Um, and he went through his progressions. And yeah, I mean, he didn't. He wasn't able to connect for for a touchdown. His last couple of throws were pretty ugly. But he's a freshman on his very first drive, his very first game ever. I'm not expecting him to come in and be Johnny Manziel out there. Okay. And that's like, I, I just look at the situation. And I just say, especially for Pruitt, for Pruitt's sake, he's going to take way less heat. Oh yeah. If he loses with Harrison Bailey, like to me, that's a total no brainer. You're, you're probably going to lose with Jared Garantano. He's a total head case. He's for whatever reason, he's just throwing interceptions left and right. Now he used to be the ball security guy. He's not that anymore. I mean, he's shown you two weeks in a row. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah, you can I mean, they can't even trust him to throw the ball. And yeah, you like can't. A repeat you can't, of last year. Yeah, like you, last year you couldn't trust him to throw the ball because he wasn't getting it to the receivers. This year you can't trust him to throw the ball because he's throwing it to the other team. 
which is way worse. <laughs> way I, worse. I saw lots of Jim Chaney blame yesterday, and I don't, I just don't oh, understand it. Chaney's been around for so long. He gets guys open, but what is he supposed to do with Garantano under center? What your play calling is so limited because of who you have at quarterback. And I've sat down on Twitter during the Georgia game, and people lit me up over it. And I don't really know what magic you want Jim Cheney to pull. I mean, I know he has his quirks. We've talked about him straying from the run at times, but yesterday, I mean, he went. They ran the ball that their best drive, the whole drive, because that's all he could do. He had no other option. To me, that just like is what it is with with Cheney. I if he gets Harrison Bailey in there, his guy, and Harrison Bailey stinks. Okay, fine. I'll lay that on Cheney because he saw in Harrison Bailey like that is a guy that I can work with. He's gonna fit the system that I you know the way that I want, and it was his dude and a five star player. You know, a five star player that Cheney picked out. Yeah, it's really the if, only if he can't one make it on work the with him roster. I mean, Shrout was yeah. Helton's guy. Mauer is a uh, need a quarterback. He's yeah. maybe Queen you know three star guy. We're we you got to have depth at the quarterback position. He was never signed to be the guy. I mean, Bailey is the first guy on this roster, really for this coaching staff that's supposed to be the guy. And that that's when I'll I'll make a real judgment on on Cheney because you're exactly right. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Besides, what is he supposed to do besides literally just hand the ball to Eric Gray? That's a, a pretty decent solution against most teams that aren't Alabama and Georgia. Um, yeah, but they couldn't do it but, against Georgia. So, yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. That really... When when that goes away, like, what is he supposed to do? He had, they had a lead at halftime <laughs> against Georgia. <laughs> what's he? I mean, what's he supposed to do? I don't know. Um, and that you know, I don't. I don't want to give him a full pass. There are ways to scheme around that a little bit, but he at a, at a certain point you just it falls on Jared to go out and make the plays, and he's not. Not only is he not making the plays, he's giving the ball away. So yeah, I, I mean that was the one upside to him was that he t- took care of the ball. Now that that's gone, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Pruitt Pruitt hates turnovers more than anything in on the football field. I mean that is his. It hurts you so badly. Yeah, and. That is the reason Garantano – he could live with Garantano's misses as long as they weren't interceptions because he wasn't turning the ball over and, hey, maybe you connect on one of those deep passes and it's enough, the defense plays well enough to win. Now that he's turning it over, I, I don't foresee his leash being much longer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really not worth putting him out there when you have what should be your guy of the future on, on the sidelines. I, I'll read a few of the responses because I – I appreciate everybody interacting with us uh, on on Twitter. Uh, RG said, and this is kind of the flip side of what we're we're saying. So I'll bring in a counterpoint here. He said, "I'm taking the games. Winning seasons are important in recruiting, and we only won five SEC games last year, so it would be an improvement. I mean, you went five and three. It was a winning SEC record for a team that really shouldn't have probably been able to do that. <laughs> and Tennessee hasn't done that much at all over the last uh, ten years. Yeah, I mean that the five and three record last year to me was pretty dang good, but um, for what you had. Uh, but I, like I, I get this point, you where you say a six and four record looks better to recruits than a four and six record. At the same time, counterpoint here: Does it look better that Pruitt would, if you start Bailey, that Pruitt would put full trust into a freshman and say, if you come here, you're getting, you know, you could say. I started Henry T on the defense. He's a primetime guy now. We're starting Harrison Bailey on the offense. If you come here, you know, if, if you put in the hard work, we're going to give you the playing time if you're the best guy. And I think that's a sales pitch that works too, be, being able to say like, you know, like coaches, Butch could say, oh, you're going to come here and get playing time. And he did this a lot, pay, you know, mind you. He would say, you're going to get all the playing time. Then you show up and you don't get any playing time. Pruitt can look and be like, uh, Here's proof. Here's direct proof <laughs> that you'll show up and, and you, you you could get playing time if you're the best guy on, on you know, the best option for me. Uh, there's validity to that, too. Although, I you know, I get it. it that is probably correct. It, the wins might be the best for recruiting, but. Oh, no. I mean, that was definitely the plan going into the season. I mean, obviously, I think that's very apparent now that Pruitt was just hoping to squeak out a seven and three, six and four year. But there's no guarantee of that with Garantano at this yeah. point. So. Nope. That, that's kind of out the window. That that's where to me it, it is really flipped because yeah, 
Garantano went from the guy who yeah, wouldn't turn the ball over. He's overly safe with the ball and typically makes the right decision, but a lot of the time can't make the play. Uh, but that equaled a few wins over teams you probably shouldn't have beaten. And now, I mean, it's just turned. He's hurting you. He's outright hurting your team uh, by giving the ball away. And so, I like, I you know, the way that I phrase this question, there is no guarantee that Garantano is going to win you more games. There's no guarantee at all. And so I, it, it's a completely <laughs> like unfalsifiable outcome. Uh, if you, if you start Bailey, that, that's why it's a no brainer to me. It's not like anybody can look back and be like, for sure, Jared would have won you this game and this game and this game. How, how do you know that you lost? He lost to Kentucky by 30 at this point. Like to me, that's a completely valid and strong talking point. If someone per se, Bailey goes out, maybe makes mistakes down the stretch against like Auburn, you lose to Auburn and you go, oh, well, Jared wouldn't have made those mistakes. Says who? He made those mistakes against Kentucky. I have no proof that he wouldn't have made those mistakes now. Like he, he hasn't proved himself. It's not like you would be replacing a guy that's been incredibly reliable. I, I, I wonder how you feel about this. If we saw Garantano after the Georgia game, I mean, that was by then everybody was pretty much out on Garantano. If, if Jeremy Pruitt would have went with Harrison Bailey and started him yesterday and had the same result, would you feel a lot different about the loss to Kentucky than you do now? I don't know. I feel a lot different because I would hope that even though he would, Bailey would have been getting thrown into the fire in that game. Still you expect, I mean, like, like I said, George is rolling out like a fourth string, nobody and he's playing decent. Um, and you know, they have really good skill players. That's a whole conversation, but like, it can be done where a freshman puts together a, a serviceable game where you oh, score more than seven points. <laughs> we've seen him do it against Tennessee plenty of times. So. Yes, exactly. So I don't know why I felt way different. I wouldn't be so on fire. I mean, I just, I'm just angry about all of this. It just, and just losing to Kentucky, just ugh, gross. Yeah, you, you ruled Kentucky in every sport. <laughs> You know, you, you have their number in basketball right now. You've always had their number in football. Just, ugh, anybody but Kentucky, man, or Mandy, or South Carolina. Uh, but Kentucky's even worse than Vandy, is, just because it, it's, it actually, it's happened to Vandy several times over the last 10 or 15 years. It still shouldn't happen, but it's, it's almost like, okay, well, we've seen this. But Kentucky is so rare that that's, that's a tough one to swallow. I hate it so much, but that's, <laughs> that's a show. I think <laughs> for, for the most part, any, any parting thoughts, uh, as we, we go out the door here, moving into Alabama week. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and prepare for Tennessee's version of the red wedding next Saturday. And <laughs> can't imagine what we'll be talking. Well, I know what we'll be talking about next Sunday, but I just can't imagine the mood. It's, it's going to be probably somber. Man, just I, I'll I'll say it this way: just go out there and fight, just fight. Put up yeah. the best fight that you have in you, whether it's Bailey, whether it's Garantano. Just go out and like give them heck, man. Because it's yeah, you're fighting a giant uphill battle against Saban, but just don't. I think a lot of people were disturbed yesterday because it seemed like the effort wasn't there at a, at a lot of times. Yeah, which is a real indictment of coaching. Um. Don't let that happen again. If if you're gonna get rolled by Bama, at least put in, make it clear that it's 110 percent effort. We gave it everything that we got. We threw the kitchen sink at him, and we still, you know, this is just where we're at. I'll say, if anything, I want to see that. Just give them all you got. But that's it. I'm Charlie Burris. That's Zach Reagan. We'll see what Pruitt does. I don't know. <laughs> Who's whatever, it's man. It's very frustrating, but that's the the mood right now. Yeah. Time, time is a flat circle. Nothing is real. I, I have whatever. At Charlie underscore Burris. At Zach TNT. 
uh, on Twitter at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com for all the stuff that Zach writes, with all of his apt analysis of uh, the horrific quarterback situation at Tennessee uh, over there. And uh, the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Go rate, review, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, we'll talk to you all next week. See you guys later. You say your talent and around.